This is the Redeemed Christian Church of God, more than conquer perish. Of this, we are grateful this morning. Thank you for gathering us together again at thy feet. We thank you that we all slept and we are walked safely. You did not allow evil to befall us or any member of our household. We did not wake up on the side of the hospital bed. We are grateful. We did not wake up in mortuary. We are grateful. We can lift our legs. We can lift our hands. We can move our body. Lord, we are grateful. Please accept our thanks in the name of Jesus. Ancient of days, uh, we have come this morning to learn from you. Thank you for yesterday, for how you opened our eyes, teaching us that we must be very careful and not lose our passport. Again, we have come this morning. Holy Spirit, your people have gathered unto you. You alone has the word of eternal life. The word that you ordained for each one as family and as a church. Even for myself, Lord, bring it to bring it to us this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let there be salvation of souls. Let there be healings for those that are sick in the name of Jesus. Let there be strength for those that are weak in the mighty name of Jesus. Those that are sorrowful, Father, Amen. give them joy in the name of Jesus. Those that wake up with one evil dream or the other, by the blood of Jesus, I cancel all evil dreams. In the mighty name of Jesus, evil dreams will not see the light of the day in your life. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' most powerful name, we have given time. Um, this morning, please turn your Bible with me to First Thessalonians. We're going to continue in our series on preparing for rapture. And again, we ascribe the glory to our Father in heaven who loves us so much that, again, he's been confirming his word via revelations, you know, different brethren having the same thing, saying, oh, I saw this, I saw that. Again, uh, he confirmed God's existence in our mean, and that is interested in every word that he brings to us. So I want to encourage you, take each word serious, and don't just be a, li- a listener only, be a doer of it. Uh, this morning, we are reading from the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 4, and I will read from here from verses 1 to 12 in our series of preparing for rapture. So aside some of the spiritual and physical steps, we want to look at generally what are some of the practical steps you and I need to take daily in order to prepare for rapture. It doesn't mean these are the least. These are the least. No, there's, 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 there's uncountable ways. But however, if you can commit to these ones, at least that will keep you on the path of God. That will keep you on the path of God. So uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received us, as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God how ye ought to walk and to please God. Our daily pursuit must be how we can please God. That is all my daily pursuit. So ye would abound more and more. So the more we please God, we abound more and more. For ye know what communication, what commandment we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know 
how to possess his virtue in sanctification and honor, not in the laws of, con uh, of, of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. Because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God had not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. I want us to read that verse 7 together. One to go. For God has not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Verse 8, I read. He therefore that he therefore that despised, that despised, despised not man, but God, who had also given unto us his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourself are taught of God to love one another. And indeed ye do it towards all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more, and that ye study to be quiet and do your own business. Tell your neighbor, do your own business. Tell your neighbor, do your own business. And to walk with your own hands. That means no laziness at all. As we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly towards them that are without. That means unbelievers walk honestly with them. Unbelievers should be able to say, this person is a person of truth. That when you say A, they know that you're a person of A. Unbelievers, praise the Lord, that ye may have lack of nothing. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Now, one of the practical steps to take is to be committed to a life of holiness be committed to a life of holiness. Uh, brethren, if you want to understand what holiness simply means or what it entails, in summary, the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 from verses 1 to 12 summarizes holiness. It touches on so many aspects of our life. Now, the first thing it touches on when we talk about holiness is that for you and I to make it when rapture takes place, when the trumpet sound, your life daily must be such that pleases God. Pleases God. That should be our daily pursuit, not to please man. The truth is that you can't please man. You can please God, but you can't please man. Now, we are to please God. Look at verse 1. It says that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God. Tell your neighbor, please God. Tell your neighbor, please God. Now, the concept of pleasing God, many have turned it upside down. I'm going to cite two examples, both in, in, our, in the Christian faith and outside. Now, we know how the world today is filled with so many Islamic movements. Let's use uh, a case in point. Uh, Nigeria, Boko Haram. Now, this is when they kill, they kill unbelievers, uh, particularly, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Christians, so to say, they believe that they are infidel. And so they believe that they are pleasing their God. 
No, we are not serving the same God. We are not, we are not, our God is not the God that drinks human blood. No, he's not a wicked God. God will not tell anybody to go and kill because you want to please him. The blood of Jesus Christ has been shed. And so he doesn't want anybody's blood to say he wants all men to be saved. So now, to them now, when they kill somebody or somebody of other faith, they say they are pleasing God. Well, again, I want to clarify, he's not our God. He's not the King of kings, the Lord of Lords that I know that you and I know if you're born again. Also, we've also read in the news media how some so-called people called Christians also go about killing or bombing, saying they are retaliating. They are not pleasing God. It is not of God. It is not of God. God will not say, because I want you to please me, go and shed people's blood. So please, let's correct that. So to please God. So we see, when we talk about pleasing God, uh, one, it begins with you. It begins with yourself. One, obeying the commandment of God. Obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. Obeying his word. Everything he says. That is what it means to please God. Now, if we break it down a little bit, you will see that the whole essence of, of we pleasing God, it is also to love our neighbor. I have not seen a man who says he's pleasing God and hate his wife. Or a woman will say, oh, I'm pleasing God. I'm just pleasing God and hate her husband. That is not God you are pleasing. The Bible says, if the man you see, the person you wake up to see every day, or your neighbor, your family, whom you see every day, you can't love them. You don't love them. How can you claim you want to love God whom you have not seen? So brethren, if we narrow it down, what it means to please God is that I live at peace with my wife. That is pleasing God. Is that I live with my, at peace with my children. I take care of my family. I play my role. Is that means I'm pleasing God. I lead my family and his church and his people in the way that pleases him, in the way of righteousness and holiness. That means I'm pleasing God in the same way with you. So that is what it means to please God. So anyone pleasing God will not walk in unrighteousness. Check it. If anybody tells you what we have heard in social media, I mean on news media, how we hear of so-called men of God, you know, very, very absorbed and on hard and terrible thing they do to people. May the Lord have mercy in Jesus' name. How in one part of, uh, you know, the world, let me use it that way. I, I thought I saw, I saw a clip of that video a few seconds, but I couldn't continue. How a so-called man of God was asking people to eat grass. People were feeding on grass like animals. Now, can I, you let us judge within ourselves? Can we say that man is pleasing God? No, he's not pleasing God. He's of the devil. He's of the devil. Because how can you ask your fellow human being to be eating grass? Because you call yourself a man of God. So again, we've seen so many other examples. How a so-called man of God will ask a young sister to naked herself in front of him as a way of, you know, again, these are not pleasing God. So I'm saying this to correct all this impression, all this wrong notion we have all over the world today, where people will be doing terrible wickedness and they say they are pleasing God, where people will be killing their neighbor softly and they say they are pleasing God. 
or they'll be doing their spouse, their children, their immediate evil. And they say they are pleasing God. No, if you are doing evil, you are not of God. But if you are doing what is good and acceptable in the sight of God, then you are of God. So the whole essence of living a holy life, the whole essence of pleasing God can be summarized as, do you love your neighbor as you love yourself? The people around you, do you hate them? And don't say you are pleasing God when you hate the people. No, you must love them. God loves people. He created us. He created us. He created us. You know, yesterday, uh, you know, in the afternoon, after I came back, the Lord actually has even impressed on my, even while I was coming back, on the issue of this Afghanistan. I was watching some clips on the, on the internet yesterday. You know, how women, even though they are largely Muslim, my heart went out to them, honestly. I was moved. A woman was saying, she was the, the interviewer, she said she's not sure if, if, um, if she will be killed. Because one of their targets is that they capture women. And what did they use them for? They turned them to their wives, they forced them to their religion, turned them to articles of sex and so on. And all of sort of and having children, you know, who would then take on their evil practices. So if yeah, women are vulnerable and children when it comes to war and crisis like this. And that's why, so my heart went out when I saw that news. And so now, and then again, we had some brethren again with us. And uh, one of the brethren also mentioned, I said, ah, the Afghanistan. I said, I was even telling the brethren, I said, yes. I said, God had even placed, I was saying that we are going to be praying for them this morning. What is my point? Is that God is a lover of people. If people are in sin, God want them out. The people of Afghanistan, God want them saved. All the innocent blood that the Taliban are shedding, God is not happy about that, even though majority are Muslims. All the innocent blood that the Boko Haram in Nigeria are shedding, God is not happy about it. Whether the blood of a Muslim is shed uh, innocently or the blood of, uh, you know, of Christians are shed, God is not happy with bloodshed. Because he created human beings, no man should take another man's blood. So pleasing God simply means loving God, loving your neighbor, loving your family. So brethren, for you and I to make it to heaven, for us, for our passport not to be displayed, I want you to watch it. Sometimes hatred can begin in your heart, towards even your own household, towards your brother in the faith. It is also surprised to hear brethren say they are living holy, yet they are keeping malice with one another. In the church, in the church, you will hear all oh, this way. I don't you know. Let us stay on our own. Let him stay on our own. And you are good and you are preparing for rapture. You have to be careful. It's a sign you are losing your passport. May you not lose your passport in the name of Jesus. You must love God. So when we say be committed to a life of holiness, again, to simplify it. Love God and love people. You cannot say you are holy and hate people. No. If people are doing wrong, that's totally different. But general love, you can't see people perishing. Or you see somebody wallowing in, in sin. And you, don't, you are not moved at all. Or you see somebody dying, perishing. Uh, you, you are not moved. No, then you must have a heart. So that is holiness, is that we, we please God and we love people around us, genuinely, not fake, not fake. We love people. 
uh, on Saturday uh, during the workers' meeting, we went out for evangelism. And one of the people, well, myself and the, the sister that was with me uh, around the church that we ministered to was a drunkard. You know, they, I mean, he was, uh, the, though he was still in his normal sense, but I could, they were coming out of a motel not too far from the church. And God will redeem all those buildings where evil are perpetrated, where people get drunk, where all sorts of evil are happening. God will redeem all the buildings. We will buy them and turn them to the house of God in Jesus' name so that souls can be saved in Jesus' name. We were talking to him, and from the way he was talking, I knew he was drunk. My heart also was going out after him. Lord, save this young man. Save this man. His friend, too, his cap was here with yelling, smoking, and, you know, uh, it's, my heart went after them. So we must live a holy life. Now, Paul was talking to the Thessalonians. Now, he says something. He said that this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Anybody that's committed to holiness, you must flee fornication. Look at it, it's there. So that's why I say, if you want to understand what it means to, to live a holy life, you just read that from verse 1 to 12. It summarizes what is what uh, living holy is. So sanctification, you must be sanctified internally. Inwardly, you must be pure before God. Outwardly, you must be pure before God. You must avoid living a life of hypocrisy. Don't be... Don't be a gentleman uh, in the church or a gentlewoman in the church or on the screen. And then, but then maybe internally or at home or in the community, they say, this one, ah, this one is very, very terrible person. That will not be said concerning you and I in the name of Jesus. Uh, again, I set another practical example. I've known some people now for, for three months plus. And so one of them was wanted to deliver a package to another person. And uh, the package involved uh, credit card and some expensive thing. And one of them looked at me from hell to toe and say, well, I trust you. Again, this is people I, but we balanced, you know, I just knew them a few months ago. And like sending me on an errand, I said, because I was, I was going to be at that uh, location where I said, she look at me. I'm not talking about people of my of my wonderful color, I'm talking about Caucasian now. And she looked at me, she said, I trust you. Again, I have not even had the opportunity to preach to this woman. I'm still trusting God. But yes, yeah, she looked at me. She said, I trust you. The question is, what does this woman see that makes her to say she trusts me? And she gave me a credit card to deliver to somebody else. Brethren, do, do, you must... Your life, you must be sanctified. Again, when, for instance, if in your place of work or in your family or different places, people are making jests about Jesus, and you, you are laughing with them. They are calling God all sorts of names, playing down the Bible. And you too, you are making, at least if you cannot stop them, don't join them. So there are different ways by which we are faced with challenges of living a holy life. That God look at us and say, this one, yes, is committed to living a holy life. That God said, this one is not. It comes in diverse ways. So brethren, I want you to examine yourself. In what way have you not been living holy? Paul says, sanctification. Sanctification, not, not loss of concupiscence. 
That means don't yield yourself to lust, whether lust of the flesh, pride of life, lust of the eyes. It's not everything you see you want to convert. Husband, don't convert somebody else's wife. Wife, don't convert somebody else's husband. Youth, don't convert people's property. Men's, uh, you know, people's husband, people's wife. These are things, practical things that you can do that will keep you in the path of holiness, preparing you for rapture. It says that don't lust after the thing. Uh, youth is not all the thing that you see on the internet you want to buy. But also our women. It's not all the clothes you want to buy. It's not all the jewelries you want to buy. So we must be committed, avoid lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, lean on your thought. All of this encompasses holiness. Your love for God, your love for people around you, the things you desire, your thoughts, your inner man, your inner woman, everything inside of you, it all encompasses holiness. Brethren, for you and I to make it when the trumpets sound now, you must be holy before God. God himself must, 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 must approve it that, oh, this person is holy. And how would you know? He will show it to you. Maybe you are studying his word. Maybe via revelation, he shows you what part. Oftentimes I ask the Lord, I say, Lord, show me you know, what my life is looking like. Because sometimes you can think that you are walking the right way, but with God it might be, it might not be. And most of the time he will show me and then, you know, he will tell me how happy he is with me and show me a lot of glorious things about the future. Sometimes he shows me one thing that probably what that I said or probably an action that I've taken or something that I'm about to do. He showed them to me and I fall down on my and I say, Lord, be merciful on me. Have mercy on me and deliver me. So brethren, you must examine yourself from God. Not in the sight of man, because if you ask man, am I holy? Man, because maybe because of what you are getting from them, uh, they may tell you, yes, you are holy. But in the sight of God, his word will not lie to you, neither the Holy Spirit will lie to you. I want you to bow down your head this morning. We talked about holiness. And what does it mean to be holy? To love God. To please him always. To love the people around you. To be passionate about sin, sin, and say to be careful with what comes out of your mouth, not to lust, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, sanctification, all of this come together to form what we call holiness. So I want you to bow down your head this morning as we pray, and your prayer is this first, you're going to thank him for his word. You're going to say, Father, I thank you for sending your word unto me. This morning, open your mouth and make that your prayer. Father, I thank you for sending your word unto me this morning. Are you here this morning? You are not born again. I want you to know that rapture will surely take place. It's not a question of whether you can't stop it. I can't stop it. But then when you are saved, you're on the Lord's side. When you are saved, you have nothing to lose. When you are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ with the whole of your heart, you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. So here this morning, you have not accepted Jesus. I want you to invite him into your life by saying, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I also believe that you came, you died for me and rose on the third day that I may be saved. I believe in my heart that you are Lord and I accept it today. Please come take over my life. Forgive me my sins. Write my name in the book of life. 
Fill me with the Holy Ghost according to your word in Ephesians 1 13. Thank you, Jesus, and keep me to the end. Father, as many that I have prayed this prayer, unto you I commit them. Please save their soul, forgive them their sins, wash their sins away with the precious blood of Jesus, keep them to the end, and keep us too to the end. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. As you go this morning, the Lord of hosts will go with you. You will prosper your way. You will establish your going in and coming out. You will please the Lord in all that you do today and for the rest of your life in the name of Jesus. Nothing will defy your garment in the name of Jesus. Nothing will contaminate you in the name of Jesus. You are free from the loss of the flesh. You are free from the loss of the eye. You are free from the pride of life in Jesus' name. I pray when rapture takes place, you will not be missing. Today's Bible study, Father, glorify us. So let there be testimony. Let there be mighty signs and wonder and draw people to yourself. In Jesus' name, we have prayed.